0: We can't work it out <laughs> We can't work Ooh. 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 Bud Zero What you got there, my friend? We are Bud we We're working on a
1: Wait, wait, what? Pro- a Prohibition Brew I wish it was still called that Yeah, that's such a cool name To be honest, I think they changed the flavor once they changed it from Prohibition Brew to Bud Zero What's this, fucking Europe or something? I thought we left the EU <laughs> You <laughs> know when you gotta like fucking You gotta a bullshit um, metric Yeah <laughs> to- <laughs> You go to like the e- EU and everything's like zero instead of diet. Like they did, it's like, huh? Mm. You ask for diet. Like I, I was in Spain, I asked for like a Diet Coke and they just looked at me all the weird, like, settle? I was like, oh yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> no, diet, diet say it right. Say, say diet. <laughs> diet. It used to be light and now it, then it was diet and now it's zero. Yeah. <laughs> Coke Zero and uh, Diet Coke are completely different things too, but like they not are. when you're yeah, at they, some random bar in Spain and Barcelona. It's like one and the yeah, one and the same, which is cool. Yeah, Whatever. We only have the one. I like I like their vibes. They're laid back. They don't vibes. care. You know, bro. It vibes, it's okay? <laughs> it's vibes. And this
0: movie is mad.
1: We're still in the 90s. Welcome to the Cinema. Charles is <laughs> Presented by the Prince Charles Cinema and the Broadcrumbs Collective. This is your host, Jonathan Foster, and I am here today with my rocker boy, Phil. Welcome to the program, Phil. How are you doing today? <laughs> I heard you got a new
2: album coming out.
1: Man, I really want to be a radio DJ. You'd
0: make a good reader. I mean, that's what I cast you. At, <laughs> in my movie, like the radio. Yeah. DJ. That was
1: like, that was just me riffing back on like being in your film. That was literally a scene. Could have yeah. just been me like talking yeah. to myself doing exactly yeah. that.
0: But, but, but you're kind of doing Joe Montana as well. It's like, hello, you're, uh, you know, you like, oh, you filthy scumbag. I filthy scumbag. to get your mind blown? Yeah.
1: yeah I love like he the, the like that, 90s, yeah. de- like rock DJ, who doesn't give a fuck? Who's just kind of an asshole to people? Like, what yeah. a character! Brilliant.
0: <laughs> one of the best. Just one of the best. I'm yeah. all right, man. I've been rocking and
1: rolling. You know, just like conspiracy theories you popping sure? off on the other feed. Yeah, you know, like, over on Patreon. You guys got to check out that Patreon feed. It's getting
0: think Up Mucky over mucky. there.
1: We're back, dude. We're back. We're like, We're we've back. done We're like hitting. two, two like three no this is the third one that was three of them now like three patreon exclusive things two will be on the main timeline
0: oh eventually. shit but, yeah. We're, yeah
1: we're just blocked and yeah, we just them. talked about m night Shyamalan getting fucking Q pilled over <laughs> <laughs> over <laughs> the fucking COVID. yeah like it happens to every family i'm sure everyone had someone who got lost down a conspiracy train uh, but yeah Knock at the Cabin just came out and Phil and I just did an episode on that and that's gonna be over there in Patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast it's gonna be available for all backers <laughs> and it also Ooh. kicks off Shyamalan man like cause we're, it's back we're gonna be we're gonna be fucking doing Shyamalan soon and I know we've been talking about that over on Patreon but like for, two, for years. two years but it's actually going to happen now we're finally going to do it so i'm excited
0: we're ready i'm excited yeah i'm excited now and then i won't be.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> once we get past the film not yeah. like i'm gonna be like ah oh.
1: yeah well yeah. it's gonna like cross with a couple of other things that actually is another thing that we're doing that we've already sort of like teased a little bit like uh, a couple yeah. weeks ago so yeah it's good stuff mm. man i'm looking forward to it. it's good yeah
0: it's conflicting, right? Because it's like you know, you want to watch good film because you know we have limited time on the earth. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but you know, bad, but bad film tend to make for better, episodes. not always better, but good episodes. Yeah, you know, where we get to just rip into something or just be very confused yeah. about film. <laughs> like the Hudson Hawk one you dropped, like it's just a movie where you're like, what is yeah. this movie? Who's this for? Why does yeah. this exist? Who is this, this, Who's this? this. Who's this <laughs> for? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like how Howard the Duck, like yeah. just Fucking all the Butterfly Effect.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Like yeah. I wish every movie could give you as much as Butterfly <laughs> Effect gave me. Like, I'm not even lying, like I had a great time watching that film. Like It was so good. It was so good. It was so shit. It was (laughs) so good. But not in like that shit. Like, I kind of get sick of like the films that you're supposed to like because they're shit. Like, I just, I'm over Mm. it now. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just desensitized to it now. It's like horror. Like, you know, I'm just desensitized to it because like I saw so much of it as a kid and then like the bad movies so bad they're good stuff like you just get it shoved down your throat with things like the room all the time that i just like fuck this man i just don't care anymore i don't want to watch yeah, like yeah. you know troll 2 like i don't want to watch anymore neil breen like it <laughs> you know but like i love the films that like that, that i think that's what was beautiful about Th- too tall too deep which mm, <laughs> not trying to spoil anything mm. but like you know that's gonna be coming back
0: maybe three thought yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tokyo Drift. Uh, Tokyo Drift. But yeah, like, I love these films that are like, you know, they're like kind of shit, but they're not like the worst films ever made, but they're just like really balls to the wall, like dumb as fuck, like ideas, which M. Night gives you a lot of them. Um, but these like really dumb, like fucking movies that like I think in certain times, like Too Tall, Too Deep with like a, a butterfly effect that like, you know, at one point, you thought this shit was fucking deep, and then you watch it, like, 20 years later, and you're like, man, what the fuck was wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> you just yeah. won
0: over by a banging soundtrack.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that was the problem in the 90s, man. The 90s and 2000s, they just, like... That was the peak. Just, that was the peak for that just shit. gave you a fucking fire soundtrack and confused you into thinking you actually liked that movie. Uh, well, what are we going to run into today? Because my boy the Renaissance mini arc rolls on Brendan
2: Brendan
1: at last you're in
2: the movie
1: coming up yeah uh, I don't know yes yeah, sorry to anyone who enjoyed that little fucking theme song that was just playing I it came to me after in, dream. in a vision you came out we all had the same yeah. vision we all had
0: this yeah and then we and then <laughs> we, met we at a met, you know met on a message met board. A, oh yeah it was a just, message board. it yeah, I was at yeah. A and then and then we drove to yeah. Philly and tortured a couple in the
1: cabin yeah yeah, so last week we took our step back in time to the stoned Age. <laughs> we were munching on some great. Did a wee joke. He did a weed joke. 1992, where our boy Brendan Fraser was a greasy, greasy. He's so greasy. <laughs> greasy. Hey man, sheesh, Who weeds the jeers with Holly Shore and out Al- leading? our lead man, Sean Aston, mm-hmm. and Encino man, a.k.a. Dave. California man, buddy. Now, we pick slide. Do you like that? Ooh. That was nice. That was good. Away I think we did that. Into feedback, drenched days of the 1994, where our boy, Brendan Fraser, is a grungy, banging wannabe rocker, hanging out with everyone's favorite psychotic rhythm section of post-Mr. Pink. <laughs> Pre Carl Showalter, Steve Buscemi, and Opera Man right era uh-huh. Adam Sandler. In what movie, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> that is, <that> is it. <laughs> <I'm, laughs> <take>, I need to take a go
2: see that <I can> <laughs> <laughs> I can't take that tape from you. If it's unsolicited, I can't touch it. It's not easy to break into the music business. But these three guys What's your secret code? I can't tell you my code. Just found a way. You guys are a unsigned band and you broke into the radio station to get your demo played on the air? (laughs) I just feel a little goofy. in a water pistol. They don't know it's a water pistol. They think it's real. Oops.
1: Look, all I want to do is be heard and then we're out of here. Okay, who are you guys?
2: My name's Pip. The band? The band name. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, man, look, it's the demo's wasted! Well, what are we gonna do now? Run! Hello, police. I'm <laughs> surrounded. I don't wanna go to jail. I'm fragile. Everybody on the floor right now. Uh, do, do you mind if I sit in a chair? I, I don't wanna get all crowded. Uh, uh yeah. Uh, if she doesn't sit on the floor, I don't know why I have to. Sit down! Everybody else gets to sit in a chair except for you. Is everybody okay in there? He wants to know what your demands are for releasing the hostages. O- what's he mean by hostages? It's the inbreed. We asked for a whole bunch of weird stuff. This way, we complete insanity later.
1: Ooh. Number 13. Naked pictures of B. Arthur. Excuse me? I think you're exceeding the maximum weight limit for that belt. <laughs> Is everybody a good time tonight?
2: <laughs> What are you thinking about? Swimming pools? He doesn't wear a helmet, does he? You guys are crazy, man. Yo. It's a plastic gun! A plastic gun! Now what are you gonna do about that? Junk style? Improvised. The Lone Rangers? What's wrong with that? Well, there's three of you. You're not exactly lone. No idea what you're saying right now.
0: Airheads. I gotta deal with them. We gotta send one person out.
2: I'll go. One of the hostages, Doof. Sorry.
1: The music made them do it. The Lone Rangers.
0: How do you pro-life the Lone <laughs> Ranger? You're not very lone, are you?
1: That's such a good joke, actually. <laughs> that is a good a No, really good I love joke.
0: that joke. Yeah.
1: There are it's three good. aspiring rock musicians. We have Chaz, played by Brendan Fraser, Pip, played by Adam Sandler, and Rex. Played by Steve Buscemi, oh, who are determined, <laughs> to have their band's demo tape played on the air. Out of desperation, they sneak into a Los Angeles radio station. But when station manager Milo, played by Michael McKean, David St. Hubbins himself, God bless Ponytail McGee, he he <laughs> meets them with hostility. They resort to threatening him with realistic-looking water pistols. Soon the situation escalates and the none too bright rockers get in over their heads as they've accidentally, I mean, it feels like an accident, taken the radio station hostage. It's the 1994 rock comedy (laughs) written by Rich Wilkes and directed by, by God, he's back to salvage his career after Hudson Hulk. We were just talking about it. Michael Lehman. (laughs) Hot takes out the gate. Perfect. (laughs) Uh, take. Yeah, this is the Brennazons. Oh, we're back again. I feel like I another, didn't set that yeah, up two dude. hours. To, we were coming off such a high of like, two excited in night that like, just worked my brain.
0: Yeah, we did it in the wrong <laughs> yeah. order.
1: Uh,
0: well, we, you know, add another painfully nighty uh, movie to the plate. Mm-hmm. We've got, we've got flannel. we got denim. We've got Simpsons. We've got Beavis and Butthead. We've below. got Lemmy. We've got... Oh. If we've got the replacement, yeah. we've got the remote. Rob Zombie. We've got just like Rob Zombie. <laughs> we've got.
2: Yeah. We got every. We got, <laughs> every Rob Zombie. You know, Zombies.
0: Rebel Radio. We got the, the whiskey. We got, you know, fucking all these references to everyone and no one in music at that yeah. time. But yeah, get that out of the way. <laughs> uh, very, just like, it's just every other line is like a reference. Like, oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. Night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you think it's funny. It's so funny. Could we make fun of movies now that are like, you know, it's just like, we get it. You're in the nineties. Mm. Like we get it. You're in the eighties. Like you don't have to constantly reference, and make jokes and remind people that you're set in the past, but that's how they used to make <laughs> Yeah. 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 When in that time yep. anyway, but uh, hot take airhead. I love airheads. Yeah. I think it hurts. It's so great. It's, fun. It, uh, it's a, it's another favorite, another, uh, brand man favorite from my childhood and more formative than I uh, realized now looking at it. could I essentially like it's one of those I really took for granted. It's my kind of shit. Obviously mm. it's a bunch of people all in one location shooting overnight. and like all the, you know, sort of, uh, Funny, like, incidents happening and uh, references happening. I was like, Oh, I fucking basically made this
1: movie, <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Um,
1: it feels so like in that pocket with uh, Empire Records and stuff, like for sure, clerks, man. like that yeah. sort of weird, like, mob crew of like weirdos yeah. in a fucking subculture, like, yeah, it's just so much fun.
0: Like, California, man, it's silly, but like, it's aware of it, but like, also has like a more heart, more like. And and got, like, something, like, nice to say, yeah. which I really like about, sort of, you know, following your dream and trying to express yourself and, like, also, love you know, reminds me, very, makes me very nostalgic and you can relate, um, like, I mean, be, you actually do it, but, like, when I used to play in a band, mm. it really does remind me of those days and, like, how tight-knit we were as a band and had, you know, we spoke like that, you know, sort of dreams of making it and trying to get our shit out there and on the radio and trying to get gigs and stuff. And I, I just think that's really sweet and it's bolstered by just a stellar cut. Brendan Fraser, like, it's weird going from California man to this, where he's like basically nonverbal to like leading man. Yeah. And just no, it's just, but he like carries it off like nothing. And it's a completely different character. You yeah. just, <laughs> yeah. like, you think he's just this layabout, like, fucking, like, uh, loser at the beginning, but he really proved himself in the leader and at the hero of the story and I really like him. I Steve Buscemi is great, just the like too old guy in yeah. the band who's like yeah. really cynical and like prone to violence. And Adam Sandler is really sweet. Adam Sandler, you don't really get a lot of cause that's not what the character would be.
1: Yeah, it's really against his type later yeah. on. Like I always he's usually that. he's used to playing like the psycho like with a heart of gold or the like jerk with a heart of gold or like, yeah. But yeah, just, it's not like in this weird sort of like, yeah. It's just like,
0: like idiot with a heart of gold.
1: Yeah. 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 This is just like, yeah. With the, like a tinge of racism, which is w- weird. Like it's like, he's the not, running like, joke. He, <laughs> no, yeah, it's like, this, it. the joke. Yeah, it's like, he's not racist, but it's just like fucking weird. <laughs> it's just yeah.
0: so odd. It's, it's like, very weird. Yeah. No, but they're it's great. Like, and then the fucking, the studio so
2: people. <laughs> 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 you fucking on fun. It,
0: Yeah. But yeah, like Joe Montana, like I said, Michael McKean, like you said, mm. fucking Judd Nelson shows up, yeah, fucking yeah. David Arquette in this yeah. movie, and he's fucking just killer. Not nah, me, dude. i this is just too cool. You know? Yeah. I gotta stay. Um just it it's really fun, got a kick. Fucking killer soundtrack, dude. <laughs> just like non-stop, man. It just yeah. kept coming and shit in the background or shit just like like playing over a montage, like, God damn good. And it starts like I, I forget how quickly they're there and it's happening. And it's yeah. because it happens by accident. So I yeah. didn't I didn't think of that. I was just like, God, they figured they decided to take this place hostage really quickly, but that's not why they go in there. They just happen to have the guns on them. Um but it's great no it's really it, it's it's such a fun movie such a cool like product of the time as well mm. but like an aged I think quite well and just another another great showcase for the Bren man
1: yeah yeah I another. mean Brendan Fraser like walking around as this like rocker like he really it's so funny it's like like I was watching this thing with like Adam Sandler and and Brendan Fraser, like uh it was like a variety, like actors. Oh, actor actor's not name, actor. yeah. It was like I really that. good. It was really good, really and, like, funny. They basically for the first 10 minutes we're talking about this movie, and like just Adam Sandler just talking about how Brendan Fraser is just taking himself so seriously and like he just treated everything like it was like really serious. And Brendan Fraser was kind of saying the opposite about Sandler, like how he was so impressed that Adam Sandler could just like improvise and stuff. And like Michael Lehman mm-hmm. was just like, "Oh, we've got like you know how many how much time do we have left?" They're like ninety seconds. He's like, "Go, Sandler, go! We have like ninety seconds left on this fucking like you know roll of film. Just go, go, go!" And he's just like mm-hmm. improvising bullshit, and he was just impressed by it. And Adam <laughs> Sandler tell, just like man. he's just like, "Yeah, I didn't even I you know don't even remember that, but like." Fraser, like was taking himself so serious, and it's just funny. Like because like reading back, uh, like you know last week's episode talking about like how he didn't really want to do Encino Man and it's funny that he just like would really start doing a lot of these like really goofy films and stuff because this is a really silly movie, and then like it George is, okay. of the Jungle comes soon after. It's just like a lot of silly movies, but he's like this like leading guy, and he's I don't know, like he just like somehow has this thing about him that, like, is so fucking likable because, like, he just, like, pulls you in and you just believe it. Like Yeah, he's
0: believable. That goes a long way.
1: A lot of people could do this role, I think, but it wouldn't have come off as well, I think, if it wasn't, like, done the way Brendan Fraser did it, which he, like... He has this sort of likableness to him, even when he's like this sort of like slob at the beginning.
0: Playing the TV remote. Like yeah. Guitar. Like.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so
0: funny. I love that bit. Sitting
1: there with no shirt on. It's just like, yeah. it's so real. It feels so real. Like, uh, his, he's just like a loser. He's kind of like everything, like as a musician. Like, I always worried I don't want to be like, and it was like, <coughs> you know, like I was, it's weird watching this, man. Like, all right. Um, I'll try to finish what I was saying about Brendan Fraser before I go to this whole, like, the way I was processing this film. Uh, but, yeah, like, Brendan Fraser, just, like, the way he carries himself in the movie, there's just moments. It's just weird. It, he doesn't even say anything. It's just, like, a look he gives or, like, a mm-hmm. body movement he does that, like, he, he just, like, he is that guy now. And he's just, like, this this fucking The way weird, he walks is different, yeah, like, you know? Like, it's like flicks he his hair a little bit you can shoulder. tell he's like he's in love with himself he likes yeah. what he's doing he's like he, the way he's just sitting there just sort of like oh yeah <laughs> like you know like he's like there's a moment i can't remember what it is but like they're in the like the studio and the in the uh radio and they're like they're walking down this like hallway i don't know if it's like when the shit arrived or something was going on but like he perks up and he gives this look and it's just sort of like it's this weird thing where you're like, this guy is this weird rocker. He's, like, gotten to this mindset. It's just really <laughs> funny, and you just believe it. Because, like, when I watched this as a kid, it was, like, my gateway drug to this was, like, fucking Adam Sandler for sure. Like, because mm-hmm. it yeah, was, I mean, was, like, post, yeah. you know, like, Airheads, like, was a bomb. Mm-hmm. It's not a hit at all. Uh, so, I didn't see this you probably go back until, to like, it. the yeah. mid-90s. Um, and it would have been off the back of, like, like next the next film – Uh, Sandman would have been fucking doing like Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. And like, I saw those, like wore them out on tape, like had them both on uh, VHS tape. Yeah. And like, I was wearing out those films and then it was like, this film was like always on, like on Comedy Central and shit. So I would have seen it. And I mean, like sort of moderately aware of Steve Buscemi, like, but Fraser like was starting to come up and like I had seen Encino Man And uh, then, yeah, like a few years later, he would have been doing Georgia of the Jungle. So it was like he was starting to get bigger and bigger. But like Adam Sandler was the gateway into it. Then I saw it again, like as a teenager and like, you know, was like, oh, I'm into music now. And like, you know, seeing it as sort of like the way you were saying it, like feeling that sort of sense of like, oh man, like make it as a musician. But it's also kind of funny because it's like, you you know, it's sort of ragged on music and stuff like that. But now that I'm in my thirties and like, I am like, you know, for the most part a film musician, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> oh, like, you know, no. I, I didn't try hard enough because I obviously didn't want to be like, you know, it's, it's hard to make it in music, dude. It's like you either like have to really fucking go all out And this is kind of like one of these weird stories. And I think it's written from a place where a guy who actually was like, wanted to be a musician. So I could see where it comes from. Uh, Cause like, it's like almost, I feel like he's writing Chaz as kind of himself. And even Brendan Fraser was like, yeah, that, like that was, that was Chaz. Like you could just see that he was Chaz. This is Rich Wilkes, the writer. Um, But like seeing it from this perspective of someone who like writes music. And it's just like, and you go back and like, Think about your career and playing music and stuff in these bands and just trying to fucking like get through breakthroughs somehow or another. It's like sort of depressing, but still funny, but sort of depressing. Like there's that <laughs> one line where Brendan Fraser's like, you don't know what it's like to just be like playing a gig, and the only people there are your, oh, your uh, girlfriends and the girlfriends of the other band members, or something like that. And it's just like, oh, <laughs> like,
0: oh yeah, dude. It's oh, no, too I d- real. Real. yeah, even I had gigs like that all of our gigs,
1: yeah, Julia looked at me during that line, and we are just like,
0: <sighs> oh God, yeah, it's great, no, that's the line that always gets me, and it's similar to that way like, um, I think about it a lot, honestly, and it, I find it like both comforting and like sort of yeah, like a bit uncomfortable. He's just talking about the tape, you know, it's like everything It's on it writing on the tape, you know, it whole life, yeah. you know, we've been trying to do this. I think it's just when the radio station guy' is like trying to sort of hype him up, and he's just like but he has a line saying, like I'm screwed up enough, and I'm average enough that I think I can write one good song that would live on forever, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think about that a lot, yeah. man, like especially making the movie, I was just like doubting myself for thing like is this worth it, and it's just like trusting it's like you know do you you know it's easy to be like you're nothing special, you don't deserve to like you know, make things and put them out there.
2: Yeah.
0: And it's just like, but you know, you're just like everybody else and you are fucked up enough and average. It's both. It's not just like you have to be tortured or you have to be well adjusted in order to make something. Yeah. great. I just always liked that line and it just, it, it resonates with me and you don't expect like a fucking dumb dumb sort of stoner comedy with, kramer and chris farley running around
2: <laughs> you know
0: to have to have like decent moments yeah. like that if you it like it helps you know like growing up like the last time i remember what, watching it was probably like more closer to my teenage and early 20 years yeah where i was still doing that and yeah music was more the thing i was about and this is kind of perfect sort of music that like Music movie where it's imbibed with the culture of the people who it's for, but also like, you know, making fun of it at the same time. And you just, you don't get that a lot. You get, again, it's like, I think I've said it before, I forget what, It's just that nice level balance of like cynical mm. and sentimental. Yeah. Cause it's still like, it's showing like how screwed over, like how fucking diff, crazy difficult it is to break in and how the people who run shit don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And they're killing actual music. And we've just seen that gotten worse and worse. Yeah. Now.
2: yeah.
0: Um, with people like with shows like X Factor and like Diamond Cow just making a mockery and like a, of music and people trying to break into music. Yeah. And then, but like, it still exists in a very sweet world where like, you know, your dream still can come true. Even if it, you just have to, <laughs> even you just have to work for it. Crazy. It's just not going to come to, yeah. Yeah. Even if it's behind bars. Yeah.
1: You know? I love how like the whole theme of like the the film was like because you, you see all these other bands and stuff and they're like gimmicks and all that it's just, like the all these gimmicks of the sons of thunder yeah like these like gimmick bands and all this shit and like mm-hmm. he's just like you know his whole idea is like just wanting to be true to his music and just like his music should be enough and like oh dude I love that sentiment because I fucking I'm the same you know I feel the same mm-hmm. like I I feel like and that's part of the problem is part of the problem because I don't go the extra mile and, you know, kiss ass and do like weird shit to like get noticed and like mm-hmm. um you know, I just I, I just try to like write music that I like and mm-hmm. you know and I, I get where Brendan Fraser's coming from and I think it's such a like a really nice sentiment, but like it's funny that like they actually kind of like inadvertently like get a gimmick. They're the band that, like, you know, they do fucking took the station, station yeah, hostage, yeah. which is great. I mean, it's really prison. I mean, like, fucking, let's just get into it. I mean, there's not a lot mm-hmm. about this film, surprisingly. Not really. Uh, it was, it's hard
0: to find, dude. Like, <laughs> it was could, really like, hard I had to find. D- I had to download yeah. it again to watch it, but it's like, not available. Just in, like, searching for it, it's not anywhere. Yeah. And, like, it's just strange John huh? like I thought this was kind of like a cult classic yeah, it's this weird movie.
1: this and like Encino Man are were both really hard to find like they're not streaming anywhere yeah. they're like both technically I, Disney films and they're just not on Disney I feel plus. like they like it's weird. I feel
0: like they I California man definitely won and they got taken down maybe not but I remember like one or both of them being on Disney plus yeah and then now they're both gone. Now I don't and I don't know why. Maybe, <laughs> maybe like oh shit, Brendan Fraser movies are like big now. Let fucking hold them off like they do with their fucking movie. Don't get <laughs> and it and then re-release them. Just think, <laughs> don't get it. Like, let me let, watch them. Let
1: people watch them. Like he's in right now. Don't you? Don't you want? Like didn't you just fire a bunch of people because people stopped streaming? Like <laughs> you know, like let them stream. <laughs> uh, well, Airheads was written by the screenwriter turned director Rich Wilkes. So Wilkes has been part of the whole like a whole lot of music themed projects from his debut of airheads, from writing uh, this film called The Stone Aged in 1994 Ooh. as well, which is about the stoner subculture of, the, of Southern California in the 1970s. Uh, and then he also wrote and directed this film called Glory Days in uh, 1995, which uh, has a who's who of young stars. It's got Ben Affleck, Sam Rockwell, Alyssa Milano, Matt Damon, uh, Matthew McConaughey, Matt Damon. <laughs> and Brendan Fraser's in it as well. It's like sort of a semi-autobiographical depiction of his time when he was in uh, University of California in Santa Cruz. And then he's even recently gone on to write the Motley Crue biopic, The Dirt, uh, oh. which is interesting because there's a little That'd Motley Crue-esque uh, you know, which would play off in the dirt. Like ch- there's like a lot a little, of Motley Crue references. A little Motley Crue underline in this film. Um, so like when Jimmy what's his name? Uh fucking Jimmy Wing or what
0: Jimmy Wing. <laughs> Jimmy Wing. Jimmy
1: Wang yeah, Yang. Jimmy Wang Yang. <laughs> yeah, when he's uh basically telling like Chaz and the rest of the band that like, you know, oh like you know we have big lawyers at Palatine records and you'll never see a day in jail or whatever like that. You know, some bullshit. He's like, Oh, you remember when Vince Neil, like killed a guy, <laughs> like that's a Molly crew re- yeah. reference. And that pays yeah, off. in yeah, the yeah. Dirt Cause like Vincent, Vince Neil, like, uh, got in a car wreck and killed the, fucking guitarist or something from Hanoi Rock I remember
0: but yeah, yeah I know the story weird yeah
1: um, but yeah uh, this guy Rich Wilkes was also in this like fake mariachi punk band called Carne Asada and they like pulled this like prank where they managed to get on Van's Warped Tour this one year and like it, they <laughs> detail it in this documentary called Punk Like Me and it's just like all about like him going on tour and how they like blag their way onto the Warped Tour it's not even a real band and they are like, playing all the like, the, these small stages on the tour while all these bigger bands are around. And I think they, like, go and interview all these punk bands and stuff. And he was, like, really into the punk scene and, sh- and shit. So, it was just, like, a really funny idea. Like, I really want to see this film now. Like, it sounds great. Like, it sounds good, um, yeah. But, yeah, they just had this whole, like, fake band and everything. And they actually recorded some songs and stuff. And, yeah, it's pretty funny. But, um. He was inspired to do a film like Dog Day Afternoon. So that was sort of the whole idea. Like you wanted to this comedic version of it with a band trying to break into the music in- industry. And like the whole idea was just to like, yeah, like fucking take over a fucking radio station, uh, ho- hold them hostage. He said, I was doing music journalism and interviewing bands. I'd always been into music and played music. And when interviewing bands, you really got some perspective on how difficult it is. Uh, to make a living playing music you love. So I wrote wrote Mm. it on spec and it was acquired by Island Pictures. And then once interest started rising in the movie uh, and people around town were talking about it, they weren't willing to put money into it to make it right. So they sold it off to Fox and stayed attached to his producers. So Michael London and Tom Jacobson, who were executives at 20th Century Fox, had the script and it was just like what they were looking for at the time. I guess like, like last week we were talking about Encino man. It's just like this cheap fucking comedy. It's fucking pop it out. So that was the same fucking idea here with Fox. They're like, yeah, this cheap comedy that will fit in with the nineties. Like we're trying to fit in with the kids, you know, Hey kids, <laughs> like, you know, like, uh, um, hello, fellow, <laughs> um, teenagers. Yeah. It was like that whole idea. So there's like 90s heavy metal culture at the time that was kind of going on. Plus the grunge scene was like really starting to come in. And like, I don't know, like, it's kind of weird. I think it was like at the time when it came out, people were like, it's weird. It wasn't a hit. So it was like this weird idea where I don't know if they like knew what market they were really going for with it, but like metal was kind of out. And I don't know if like the marketing of the film, like really like, was letting people know that this was like a bit of a, like, it feels like it's a satire, but I think some people just weren't sure, you know, like, cause yeah, it, no, it feels like sure, it's man. making fun of like, you know, metal it's, and a bit, but like at the it's same celebrating
0: time and like sort of satirizing. Yeah. Like, yeah. But like the heavy metal, scene, the grunge scenes, like, but like the MTV generation, man, yeah. right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. that fucking bit where he's, he just, being like, you know, I'm just over classic rock, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. the Beatles, and like, you know. Yeah. And it's just like, fuck I get it. Yeah. Like, people always, I like, fuck, fuck, can't pretend like the Beatles aren't, you know, great and fucking very important. And Yeah, you yeah. But you always go through that phase where you're like, fuck all that old shit. Yeah, 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 People like throwing that in my face. And then you grow up and be like, actually these people were amazing yeah. and, you know, were important influence on the people I liked growing up and shit. And he's got that funny line. It's like, you say, what song did he say to Hendrix song? Purple oh, Haze. He's think Purple Haze yeah. had anything to say. Yeah. Like, All right. That's one example, but that's just a great, like that's a song he should love.
1: <laughs> yeah, It's like a
0: cool guitar song. Yeah. Like just about drugs.
1: Yeah. That's what's kind of funny. Cause it's like a lot of this stuff that, these guys would have actually loved like they seem to hate it's just really weird but like at the same time i remember like being that way back when i got into punk rock and stuff and like really started to like shit on stuff but then like later kind of got into it and you're like yeah but i was like one of the weird ones i remember like i was in a punk band with a couple of guys and, like, I think they, like, started, like, making fun of me behind my back because of, like, some of the stuff I started getting into. Because I, like, really started to, like, listen to a lot of, like, psychedelic rock music and stuff at the same time. And I think it just really didn't vibe with them. <laughs> so, I think I sort of kind of, like, became a bit of a joke to them. But, like, and I didn't realize until later. Um, mm-hmm. Which was, you know, sad. A little tear. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just, it's kind of funny. Like oh, childhood you know,
0: trauma. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh, uh, making fun of me, but I'm back. Um, yeah. People grow apart, matter. bro. Yeah. They'll figure matter. it out. It doesn't matter. I mean, well, it's funny. Cause one of them is like, is a fucking great, uh, flat picking fucking like folk, like old bluegrass guitarist now. So I'm like, all right. I guess that go. hardcore punk go.
2: didn't stick, did it? It lost.
1: It doesn't last. <laughs> and if it does last, it's a
0: sad look. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you see an old guy with long hair and like a leather jacket and it'll just look, and like, we're cool, man. You're just into that shit. But like, it just looks like you never really got out of it.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, like, just like you still look like you're dressing like the teenage punk you used to be. <laughs> and everybody else like got a suit. And you don't have to get a suit, but you don't have to look, you don't have to like go that far either. Yeah. I don't, oh. I don't know why I'm shitting on you people.
1: <laughs> Chill out, Phil.
0: Yeah, I don't know why. It just yeah. bothered me. Grow up, okay? Grow up! That's what Airheads is about. It's about growing up!
1: up. No, it's about, like, it? it's about like taking what you want, you know? Yeah. It's been a bit dodgy. I was going to say earlier, I thought it was kind of funny because like <laughs> Brendan Fraser oh, has this whole like fucking fight with his girlfriend and his whole – from his perspective – she, like, kicks him out. She's so right. She's so right. The whole time, early in the film especially, oh, he's like, yeah, get the yeah. fuck out of here, dude. You don't fucking do but anything. he
0: Yeah, but even he sees that by the time he's on the radio, he's quite apologetic about yeah. it. He's just like, no, I get it. You know, she's done a lot for me. But then she, and then she, and then comes she just back. comes to,
1: She's like, no, I was a bitch. It was like, dude, why? This is written by some dude in the 90s. <laughs> uh,
0: but it's funny because it's just going back and forth. It's like... She said that, but then she just immediately like threw it back in his face. Yeah. And, and he's like, no, this is why. You're driving me fucking crazy. Yeah. It's not just like you keep kicking me out all the time. I wrote this song before I, I even goes, met you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> but it's your song. Yeah. It's like, fuck, you know. That is the weakest bit of the movie in the relationship. You don't yeah. really buy it, but like it's enough.
1: It's yeah. fine. Michael London uh basically would get this project developed by producer Robert Simmons who, my God, this guy must have fallen in love with Adam Sandler on this film because he would go on to produce Sandman's biggest hits. He did Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, The Wedding Singer, The Waterboy, Big Daddy, and Little Nicky. His fucking murderer's row of films. Wow. That's Jesus.
0: Legendary, right?
1: Yeah, you should actually check out Robert Simmons, uh, Bob Simmons, his his Wikipedia or his like IMDB because like the films he's produced is out of control. Uh, but yeah, Bob Simmons and Michael London reached out to director Michael Lehman to direct the film as he was a big music fan and they thought his, the humor was up his street and stuff. So Lehman was actually the first choice of Rich Wilkes as well as Lehman uh, was one of his heroes after Heathers. And uh, Lehman said, my feeling was that I had never done something like this. I was a young filmmaker and I had done a couple of independent movies that were really liked and out of the mainstream. And then I did Hudson Hawk where definitely the sensibility was a little out of the mainstream and it didn't play well out of the mainstream, (laughs) but I still hadn't learned my lesson, thankfully. And I thought I'm going to get people in this movie that you wouldn't expect to see in a movie like this. And I'm going to make it something I want to see. So with Lehman on board next up was the casting process and nearly everybody in Hollywood was considered. You had John Cusack, Bill Murray, Winona Ryder, Malcolm McDowell, Peter Weller, Chris Rock, Richard Lewis, John Corbett and even theater actor a young guy named Kevin Spacey who flat out told Michael Lehman, you, you'd be crazy not to cast me. <laughs> this bizarre fucking... Nope. <laughs> universe, parallel universe of uh, airheads might exist out there in a different timeline, but not in this fucking movie. Uh, but we did it. get Brendan Fraser, the man of the hour, this is why we're here, playing Chester Ogilvie, a.k.a. Chaz Darby. <laughs> what a fucking Chester. Like That scene's hilarious. Everybody's standing up, just straight. Like,
0: I love that. Yeah. I
1: play D anD D too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, a course you did. Like, no fucking metal guy out there. Every punk, like is every a nerd punk in and nerd and me- like metal guy, yeah, they're we're all, all the fucking fame. nerds, man. Like, yeah. stop trying. I love that eye. theme. Yeah,
0: I love that theme because I love because I didn't like that subplot. I forgot all about like the cop trying to sort of. Overtake the situation and like yeah. hit man on the inside and like him finding about <laughs> finding out about boy. Chad. And, yeah,
1: yeah, my girl's not know what the pool man. <laughs> it's like fucking fuck off. <laughs>
0: yeah, and it's like it's already a short movie. You yeah, can cut, you, this could just cut right out. But I like that not paying off. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like,
0: ah, oh, see, you're a fucking nerd. That's not even Chad. Not even your real name. And it's <laughs> yeah. just like, yeah, it's like no one cares. It, and then everybody's like, yeah,
1: yeah, all right. Cool. So, Moving on. <laughs> the original first choice to play Chaz was apparently John Cusack. Uh, couldn't really find out what happened with this uh, and why <laughs> he didn't end up doing it. I'm ju- I was just trying to imagine Cusack doing it. It's kind of weird. I don't know. It's like, I just can't really picture Cusack playing that role. I can see it. Don't know. But I'm
0: a Cusack fan.
1: I am I a big Cus- Cusack fan, but this is kind of that weird, like, post his like early 80s like you know well mid 80s to like you know really early 90s like young Cusack to like before he started doing more adult roles so it would have Mm -hmm. been like this weird anomaly there I don't know it could have worked maybe I don't know Uh, he, he feels a little too like like I feel like Brendan Fraser doesn't feel like a rocker but at the same time like he somehow embodied a rocker whereas like Cusack wasn't doesn't ever look like he could play like that kind of rocker but he looks like the kind of guy that could talk about it in a fucking movie about music and stuff when which is what lot. he did he yeah. did a little bit later in his career like a few years <laughs> later um but anyway, anyway uh fraser said that he was in chicago shooting this film with the honors and michael lehman sent him the script and he flew out to meet him and had nice things to say about him Fraser said, I was very flattered that this proper director had come all the way, all this way to say, hey, I think you should do this. So that was good. And I had the living out in LA out of your truck and apartment routine down but I was no musician (laughs) and he's like that's okay none of the guys are either none of these other guys are either so he was signed on but there was this funny bit you saw it if you saw the actors on actors thing for Variety where Adam Sandler basically has this back and forth with Brendan Fraser where he's basically just like Michael Lehman didn't actually want you in the film yeah I got you that wrong (laughs) he was like I don't get it like I don't see the caveman being in a movie and (laughs) Sandler was like He can do other shit, man. And then Sandler said that he went to Michael Lehman's house at four in the morning, woke him up and said, just know, Adam Sandler ain't going to be in Airheads unless old Fraser's in it. And he changed this little tune after that. And Brendan Fr- Fr- <laughs> Fraser was just like saying a different tune after he was flying out to Chicago to meet him, <laughs> and like Adam Sandler was just like, "Oh, he's a filthy liar. <laughs> he didn't want you. I yeah. did." Uh, and the rest is pretty good. You had a good life because of me.
0: <laughs> I think you should be grateful.
1: Yeah, but he also joked that Pauly Shore didn't want him to do it because like uh, he wanted him to be free for Nuncio Mint. <laughs> uh.
0: Never gonna happen. I mean, it might happen now. Yeah. yeah, hold my word.
1: Yeah, and then they were like, they were basically just like, oh, it was just because like Paulie wanted to be at Airheads. Oh. oh man, that was like what this film was missing. Though no, nope. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. No, nope. it, it was missing. He would have just Airheads.
0: he would have stampeded over this movie. Sure. It would have just become a Paulie Shore movie.
1: No nah, man, just stick him in the back. I mean, I know, I know. <laughs> he actually, you know what? He was apparently considered for the part of former World Championship Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion uh, <laughs> David Arquette. Uh, that role, he was uh, okay, apparently considered yeah. for that. That makes sense. That would have been a good role for him. Yeah. I I, I would have bought it.
0: Yeah, could he just like a surface donor sort of yeah. character, like, speaking in monosyllabic tones. Yeah. Um, he David Arquette been, was pretty funny, though. Yeah, he could have been like... Nah, I don't want him anywhere, anywhere in this. Just someone in the crowd. <laughs> it's like a little cameo. The cast is so perfect in this. Like I wouldn't nah, want to swap anyone out for anyone.
1: Uh, we got Steve Buscemi as Rex. This is oh. like post-Reservoir Dogs, which he, that film wouldn't really blow up until this kind of the same year in 94 with the release of Pulp Fiction.
0: So strange, uh, yeah.
1: And then it's pre-Fargo. So it's like, you know, Buscemi wasn't really big yet and he was only doing like a lot of independent movies and stuff and like, I think it kind of like took a bit. It was kind of a hard sell in the studio, especially considering he's like this mid 30 year old guy, like playing a 20 something, but like somehow he kind of comes out the most kinda authentic, worked. like all I know, I've the met leads. that dude.
0: You know what yeah. I mean? Like I know that like, guy. <laughs> he
1: seems like the most real one. Yeah. Like Brendan Fraser's a bit of a, like cause the, the wig is kind of funny. Sometimes it looks good and sometimes it looks really bad. Mm,
0: it's like, yeah, it's somehow Steve just
1: looks real. It just, it looks real. Uh, and then, yeah, this is Adam Sandler's first big role since he broke out on SNL. Uh, he hadn't really proved himself yet. So again, it was another hard sell. I think the studio was worried if Sandler could do the role. And according to Rich Wilkes, uh, the writers, Sandler actually wanted to be the lead, but the studio was like, nah, <laughs> he's not ready for this. <laughs> but, you know, he had a small role in Coneheads in 93. And, you know, he was doing SNL, but before that he did had going overboard, which was his like first movie. It was actually pre SNL. I haven't seen that one. A steaming pile of shit.
2: It actually didn't
1: really like get discovered until after like salmon got big. So it was kind of this thing that like, I think, you know, they were like putting it on TV. It's just like, you know, oh, cool. Like Adam Sandler's first movie, but it's fucking shit. It's so bad. (laughs)
0: It um it this I had still before bulletproof right yeah
2: yeah okay. yeah
0: bulletproof is another weird like sort of it gets lost in the sandman verse yeah 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 but yeah it's a good yeah one. definitely it's another good it's like a really good one more yeah.
1: obscure stanley
0: flick from the nineties I
1: mean I love Damon Wayne so it's yeah like, exactly I I mean I grew up on In Living Color so Amy Locane plays Kayla who's uh his girlfriend it's kind of funny though because he like he actually was. In like like a weird love triangle and school ties with Amy Locane with uh oh she and that's that's funny yeah Yeah. like that's that was funny that they just brought her in Joe Montana plays Ian the shark
0: Fat Tony himself
1: I love Joe Montana I love and it was funny because like apparently it was a big hard sell for this as well because the studio was just like, Oh, what the guy, like he, he does all this drama and stuff, you know, he's like in the Godfather part three, just mm. previous to this and stuff. And, you know, it's just like, he does a lot of dramas and shit. It's like, what? And then, uh, next thing you know, Joe Montana does this film. And then like, right after he does baby's day out, which was oh. my gateway. Did I <laughs> fucking loved baby's day out when I was a little kid. Cause I was like perfect age. like when that came out, I was like five years old and like, I've probably watched that film so many times. And, like, him is, like, the the leader of the fucking... Like, oh, it's got, like, Joey Pants in it as well. It's, like, those three fucking idiots. Like, the whole thing with the gorilla. Like, oh, man, that film. It's crazy. Like... Not a 90, <laughs> it's not
0: a 93 film, isn't it? No, it was 94, I think. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Baby... You got way too excited. I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to watch right. Baby Day out.
1: Next year. Oh, fuck 1994. No, yeah. I won't do that to you. No, I just, it's just funny. I just like, I, it's funny, like Joe Mantegna, like people should know him for like all of his great roles, but I like, I'm so fond of him because of his worst
0: one. That's so sweet though. <laughs> the yeah. worst one. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, but no, I loved him in this as well. And it was kind of funny because he plays this sort of old school rocker thing. And like, apparently Michael Lehman was like really impressed because he was like, when he was talking to him and stuff, he was just like, oh man, he actually is this old school rocker. He likes all this old shit. And he even appeared in this like really obscure ad for Condor guitar amps. You can see it online. Uh, There's like Michael Lehman actually knew the ad. And he was just like always wondering who this guy was. And like Joe Montaigne was like, Yeah, that was me. Like, you know, it's this long guy, like long-haired guy, like just, like leaning over an amp or something like that. And that's was just so like, dude, sick. I used to see that all the time. Like weird. But yeah, he sat in with the DJ at K Rock in Los Angeles named Jed the Fish, which is like <laughs> what God. a name. Yeah. I wonder if that's where the shark came from. Ian the shark. The shark. He just like took the, the the fish and made him. Do the we shark.
0: need do we need gimmicks like that?
1: Maybe. Yeah. I feel like we have gimmicks, right? What is your gimmick? I'm like Phil the boy. The, the, boy. the boy something boy. Yeah. Yeah. What am what am I? The asshole? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I know.
0: I'm trying to think of an animal that like meet our spirit. Yeah. The
1: giraffe. The giraffe. John the giraffe. John I feel like giraffe. I'm like a
0: turtle or like a cloth or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's something really slow and yeah, just
1: tired and rolled up on a on your couch. Thad, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael McKeon, he plays Milo, the station manager. I mean, like th- it feels like there's a lot of like they 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 pull out like I feel like there is a uh Spinal Tap record in in the film, but then there's like a lot of like it feels like references to. Things that happen in Spinal Tap, or at least like these weird Spinal Tap esque jokes and stuff, that's like where this weird humor comes from. Like, because there's the whole like thing about like you know, oh, if it's too loud for you, you're too old, sort of thing. And Michael McKean's just like, ah, Ah. but like he's in he's in Spinal Tap, which is notoriously the loudest band that ever existed. You know, like (laughs) like the weird jokes are really funny. It's like a good. It's like perfectly ten years apart as well. It's mm. like Spinal Tap was 84 and then this is 94 and it's just like bridging the gap between like, h- like, you know, how much has changed musically since like
0: the yeah, tap yeah. was out there. It's <laughs> good. That would be a good double, <laughs> um, double build cinema. Yeah. Um, just to have like, in terms of like, yeah, it's like then and now, you could really see how much the scene has changed and the music has changed. It's weird to see Michael McKean in this now just cause um, watching Better Call Saul and he got like a really good turn in that movie, in that show. And basically like he's so, so different.
1: He's so, so different.
0: I mean, like I hate him on it, but like, yeah, he he's good on that show. And it's just yeah. weird. again, to go back to his more comedic stuff. Cause now, yeah. now I'm only thinking of him in more of a dramatic sense, even though before this, I only really known him for like the, couldn't forget stuff and
1: more. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. I mean he did so much shit like you know even in Coneheads like he was just in a like long run of like these mm. great like silly comedies and then like the Christopher Guest stuff and yeah I mean he, he's just like a, he's a great actor and he's really good at playing like a fucking douche like cause this is like <laughs> he's a douchebag in this film it's great it's really funny
0: yeah he got that perfectly like that like I, that old man ponytail
1: where it's just, yeah like- yeah yeah and then like Kind of going against type Michael Richards because you know everybody at the time would have known him as Kramer, but he's, but he's like just playing, playing Kramer. But yeah, but he's playing like a, this weird neurotic guy, like which is funny. But then it, yeah, at the same time he's just Kramer, like like watch him like ru- run around like
0: on like in the Die Hard stuff in Die Hard, <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> is movie funny. got mad
1: Die Hard vibe. This film was shot on the Fox Plaza the where lot. Die Hard was shot, so like they were just like, fuck it. Like, let's just,
0: let's just make it die. Even the guy coming and be like, you know, you know, I'm in charge here. Not anymore. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. It's even got that kind it of It just turns so diehard. It's so funny. Yeah. Like Ernie yeah. Hudson, just, you know, doing our power.
1: I, I had just watched, uh, like I was watching Seinfeld, like over the last few months, like we powered through it all. And mm. we literally watched the final episode like where they go to jail, and the whole end is like Jerry is doing like fucking stand-up, like in jail, and like George and Kramer are kind of sitting there just like while everybody's just like, This fucking sucks. <laughs> <You know? laughs> which is funny because this film has Kramer in it and it ends the exact same way. Like they're fucking playing, playing from jail fucking in jail, which That's is like so funny. such a fucking trope as well, which is That's funny. Well, like yeah. uh like the total blues brothers ending. Um yeah. Yeah. I I mean it's funny I I I'm not going to lie though I was like laugh, laughing at like everything Michael Richards was doing and I was also laughing everything fucking chris farley was doing in this film chris farley was playing fucking straight as possible in this and it was still funny just turning his head was funny his fucking hair was funny like he he wasn't even like crazy farley and he was still just like hilarious like i forgot i forgot
0: he was in this and that you like follow him around trying to find uh, (laughs)
1: kayla
0: and everything oh he's great just, yeah, oh, and then, I miss Chris Farley, man. He's fucking Ernie
1: so fucking Hudson funny. as
0: well. Like Ernie, Ernie Hudson, it was weird watching yourself. like you know, like you think of Ernie Hudson as like, oh, the guy from Ghostbusters. But he mm. was in some great shit, especially in yeah. the 90s. Like this, the crow, and he didn't diaries as well, I think. Yeah, mm. yeah. And yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like he had like he's a, good really, actor, he's a good actor, man. He had a really yeah. good run. Um and he's great in it.
1: Did you say Ghostbusters? A man, Harold Ramis yes. shows up. Fucking yes.
0: And I, and I thought of you because I was yeah. like, it could have reminded me of Orange County. I was like, this motherfucker coming in, <laughs> dealing the show again yeah. in one scene with a great old cameo. And I was like, he's I got the, to get Harold Ramis into this?
1: Yeah, he's in the scene with the best, most quotable line of the whole entire movie as oh, well. Oh, the Lemmy like, line? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Lemmy sure is question. God. Lemmy is God. And then fucking Lemmy showed up. <laughs> yeah, afterward. fucking Lemmy.
1: I'm he's in the,
0: it too. I'm a editor of the school magazine me too let me
1: me too because i literally was <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny i love that yeah i mean like the rest of the fucking people in the um in the radio are pretty funny as well you got like the wire uh reggie uh reggie cathy is marcus like from the wire like guy from the wire mm. um who has all the weird shit with adam sandler like, yeah, uh, well, Michelle yeah, Hurst yeah. is Yvonne Like that whole scene with like him talking to her as well, which is another fucking weird scene. Very weird. like, why don't black people like me? It's yeah, like, yeah. What, you know, what are you I listen to a lot
0: of hip hop and stuff. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's it's so just weird. one of those
0: scenes that feel yeah. very improvised. Like that bit where he where Di is like teaching him to like be intimidating and scary. And he's like, okay, move over there, please. You know, he's doing that shot. He's like, no, man, you got to be, you know, got to be like, raise your voice. You really got to scare him. He's just like, yeah, get over there. He's like, oh, I'll move you
2: with my dick. (laughs) through your head
1: yeah yeah, but he's like, yeah man it's like oh that hurt my throat like anger as well like <laughs> yeah yeah it's like, like when like he does really the good. funny walk yeah <laughs> <Wind>. <laughs> yeah and you're like whoa adam
0: family just came up and the fucking <laughs> cop in that scene is grandma boy
1: yeah dude his fucking Sorry, friend go. i can't remember his name but like Alex it was Cooper, weird because you Alec could Alex see Cooper, something like that yeah 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 that's it that's it like you, you can see the like the wheels start turning because you one you have the producer who well, obviously produced all the films. <laughs> yeah, Adam Sandler like just fucking doing it. He's going for it. And then you get Chris Farley. You get that fucking Alan Covert guy or whatever. You get fucking Steve Buscemi. And then uh, like, it's just like before you know it, it's like Adam Sandler's fucking weird crew is just formed. <laughs> yeah, because Steve Buscemi
0: is one of those who just keeps showing up in his movies yeah. in weirder yeah. and weirder role.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then uh, you get... Like, obviously, we said WCW champion David Arquette yes. plays Carter. It's really funny. And then, like, yeah, the girl, uh, Nina uh, Samasco who plays Susie with Tizzies. Uh, her <laughs> whole thing with Sandler is funny as well. Yeah, really And, of funny, course, like, we mentioned yeah. uh, that fucking soul patch Judd Nelson. That is soul Jenny patch is
0: the worst facial <laughs> yeah. I've ever seen in a movie. Oh, man. Again,
1: He's- a decade later, like... Uh, Is they almost do the same thing with him that they do with uh, Michael McKeon where like 10 years earlier he was like the fucking king like of like like all like the alt subculture sort of like mm. vibes in, in the breakfast club is John yeah, Bender yeah. and now then they just turn horrible. him into <laughs> yeah, this, this fucking con- soul patch like suit yeah. you fucking lame ass
2: motherfucker
0: <laughs> yeah thought, man yeah. I just maybe because I just I'm such, a, I'm such a huge breakfast club fan and like Judd Nelson was like I thought it was the fucking coolest growing up and I wanted to yep. be like Bender and it's just, like, that dude did not have so much more from his career. I don't know if he yeah. had, like, issues or something or, like, outside of it. But, like, he had, like, a decent 80s with the huge movies. And then just, like, nobody really used him. And he seemed yeah. to, like, he'd been in a few big things. But, like, he's mostly sort of under the wire. And it's such a shame, like, because he's just good. Like, even this movie barely in. But, like, he's fucking great. He's just a yeah, good actor. It's sort actor. of
1: like they kept giving Robert Downey Jr., like, yeah. stuff to do you know and it's sort of like, he, like he kept what about screwing me? you over but like what about this guy <laughs> like he could you know, have been doing all that he's kind of giving you the same vibes like Definitely through the vibe. 80s and into the early 90s so like why aren't you using a I don't know mm-hmm. didn't have a famous probably that fucking soul patch yeah that soul patch <laughs> everybody saw their like <laughs> nah Uh, yeah, the rest of the cameos. I mean, you already mentioned Lemmy, that was pretty funny. You get Rich Wilkes, who is the writer of the film, he's the corduroy pants guy. Um, (laughs) And then uh, you get John Melendez, aka Stuttering John from Howard Stern, he's the masturbator guy, like I constantly, (laughs) constantly. Kurt Loader from MTV. Like, that oh, was, yeah, like yeah. that's always funny seeing him. And then speaking of MTV, Beavis and Butthead.
0: That was <laughs> fucking amazing, dude. I so, forgot about good. that. And it's just like Beavis and Butthead are in the movie. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah, it's you, so guys, sh-
1: oh, oh, you guys, you guys sucked. I saw you guys. Why don't you guys suck? <laughs>
0: that <laughs> okay. was nice. I do. I do like me some Beavis, <laughs> yeah.
1: but. Um. So the band Galactic Cowboys, they are who performed as the Sons of Thunder. And then you get Rob Zombie and the rest of White Zombie appearing in the Whiskey A Go-Go scene where Chris Farley's trying to find Kayla. Uh, uh, I always love, like, that was, like, just a thing from the 90s as well. I feel like you don't get that as much anymore. Just, like, a famous band. Just, like, or, like, I don't know, of the time band performing like at like that's what's so great about Uncut Jim's dude like The weekends, just fucking like performing just in it, Yeah, in, he's just in it performing in this like one little scene. It's like, you know, the Softy Brothers fucking get it Like why doesn't why doesn't that shit happen anymore? Like, you know, these no. really just bizarre music appearances like and
0: dude, that's how you get into bands like I'm yeah. when Triple X hit
1: Yeah, and fucking Ramsteiner speaking of Triple X you know the guy who wrote this film wrote triple x he created xander cage i'm not lying rich wilts created fucking xander cage and all (laughs) the triple x bullshit um yeah so uh cannibal corpse were actually originally going to be in that scene but like the producers found out that they had just done ace ventura uh pet detective because like, <laughs> Funny. I don't know if you've ever seen that video, but apparently, like Cannibal Corpse, really were like one of his favorite bands. Like you. He- Jim Carrey's just like, oh okay, about, do that. like he's like, yeah, I fucking love him, it's fucking crazy, like, and it's funny because he's doing, it's like he's doing a bit, but I think he's genuine, like he genuinely liked Cannibal Corpse, and that's why they were in Ace Ventura, <laughs> like, <laughs> so when they found out, the studio found out they had just done it, it's the same fucking year, '94, uh, they opted to go with White Zombie instead, so that's where we're gonna get into a little bit of music, <laughs> because.
0: They dubbed not own section for this. Yeah.
1: Episode. The soundtrack had, like, a pretty decent success. It probably really did better than the movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, the uh, it went to chart in the Billboard 200 and it peaked at um, 157. And, uh, of course, we're headlined by White Zombies, Feed the Gods. I mean, that's what they're playing at the, the fucking club. Um, mm. Do you have any particular tracks besides, like... I don't want to talk about the main song that yeah, the, the, the band plays, but uh, any other tracks that you like from this film? My, uh,
0: I think I already mentioned that my favorite needle drop were uh, "Unsatisfied" by the Replacement.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which
0: is great, <laughs> I just love that song. Yeah. Um, and fucking right at the end uh, We Want the airwave by yeah, Ramones Ramones yeah I love that song Yeah, it's perfect, perfect for, this for movie perfect for this film
1: yeah
0: oh there's a bunch those are the yeah. two that come to mind
1: you get uh, f- the four four non-blondes uh, cover of Van Halen's On the One which is like the um, like one I think that's like when he gives the record he's like play track number two on that one <laughs> you know oh yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah that song
0: man, it's pretty cool I don't even it's play like, this stuff yeah. it doesn't sell.
1: maybe because you never play it uh, speaking of, because he was talking about, like, Public Enemy and, like, Anthrax. We talked about the Anthrax
0: Public Enemy shit. Yeah. yeah. But
1: uh, you do get Anthrax's London um, on this, which is a pretty funny song. And then you get Born to Raise Hell, which is, like, the Motorhead and Ice-T song that I think actually did pretty oh, yeah, well on this soundtrack it? as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you get Primus uh, bastardizing "Delicate." Gel- yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Weezin by David Byrne, Curious George Blues by Dig, and of course, <sighs> the Motley. Like, uh, it's funny because you don't ever hear the song until the very end, and the song actually kind of sucks. No, it
0: doesn't. <laughs> I will walk out of this fucking room. The song uh, is great. It's dude.
1: Johnny K. Ray,
0: Johnny K. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's just a good. It's so to the shit that they're fucking listening to, man. It's great. It's, it's so lame, thick. It's, it's it. so funny. It's fast, It's cool. It's good. It good song, man.
1: The funny thing about this song is it's actually it was actually originally written and performed by the uh, '80s hardcore punk band Reagan Youth. Which, when you hear their version, it's like you get it. It's because it's like snotty. It's like snotty enough. I think that's the thing about the Lone Rangers. Is it doesn't make they're sense honest. besides their name. <laughs> Is it like?
0: It should have been the three ranges.
1: It's it's like their name is silly, but at the same time, like once once like, they're, so they're like talking about all this shit. Like I can't tell what music they're into, which is funny too because that's also part of the joke, and I think that's part of what makes it funny. But like. Like when they're like talking about their genre, it's like, oh, we're like, I don't know, like Power Slop? (laughs) It's like, what are you talking about? Uh, That's funny. (laughs) What the fuck are you on about? But then once you hear their song, it's just this like fucking, like, (laughs) that's it? Like, that's the song? Like, we haven't even heard it this whole film. And then it's just like, it's this weird cover of an 80s hardcore punk band song, which is like the original version actually is it works I think but like this weird cover of it is just like really odd I mean it's not it's it's okay it's just odd but like Brendan Fraser actually did like do the vocals on it Oh, really? and they recorded the track with members of White Zombie so he was like in the studio with Rob Zombie and shit and like the like Jay Younger or something like that like uh, the guitarist and stuff from White Zombie and then I think one of the original members of Reagan Youth who wrote it was a part of the whole thing and it was really weird like Michael Lehman told this funny story like in this like oral history thing about how like they had like had this song and they thought it was great and then he like showed a version of the film or something to like Fat Mike from NoFX who uh was like oh that's sweet like you guys got like you know this like Reagan Youth song like how'd you do that and then they were just like what <laughs> like <laughs> like even though Michael Lehman like you know new music and stuff, he he just didn't know that like that was like a Reagan Youth song and then like next thing he knows, or maybe it was Rich Wilkes, I can't remember, one of those two, but like, you know, they're both into music and they just didn't realize and then they like realized, that, oh shit, like, you know, this is the problem and I think the studio sort of freaked out. Because they were like, oh, are we actually going to be able to use this? Because this is like somebody else's song. Like, what the fuck is going on? And then they realized that the guy who was like a part of the whole thing and helped him record the cover was actually one of the guys who wrote the song (laughs) in the end. But yeah, I mean, that's funny. And like, I don't know. It's just funny. I think it's hilarious that that's like how this all plays out. Because most films about like bands and stuff and like music and shit, you actually like get them playing a little bit or whatever like you know i'm thinking of that thing you do you hear, you hear that fucking song a sure. million times yeah like, but
0: like it's but that in that thing that's like the song takes them yeah to the top where if this is just the story behind <laughs> yeah. it, getting the song played it almost it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter it that's does the whole point matter. as well because like, the point is song doesn't matter well, like, by the end they're you like get to they've hear already it, got like a fucking you record like,
1: like a record contract you know? Good. Know? no one's heard shit.
0: And like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like if you b- built anything up that much, it's going to be disappointing. <laughs> yeah. You know, like um, Bill and Ted, mm. Face the Music. That's the song that saved the world?
1: <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's you know too much saying? pressure. Like, that's the song? <laughs> that's the song? You've really? hurt yourself in a fucking corner, man. Like, yeah, you can't, you can't say, say something that's the greatest
0: yeah. thing over and over again and then <laughs> try and actually do it. That's yeah. insane. Don't yeah. do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it really wasn't a good song.
0: <laughs> like, it wasn't a <laughs> song. It was just sound.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, Airheads was released in August of 1984. Like I said, it was kind of this weird timeline because, like you know, grunge was taken over. And metal, heavy metal guys were kind of a bit of a punchline. Michael mm-hmm. Lehman said he wanted to really like make an edgier movie that the studio nixed. And the idea would have seen like Sandler with the fucking neck tattoo. Bushimi would have been wearing a shirt that said, blow me. And Fraser would have been supporting like leather pants. But Fraser said basically like, <laughs> well, we studio- had a Sandler
0: in the tank top.
1: <laughs> he said the studio would basically settle for like Bruce Springsteen's born in the USA. That was like as hard as they would, they would want to go. And also there was like an issue with like Dennis Miller, like apparently the studio really wanted him to come in and make a pass on the script. But like Rich Wilkes was like, no, 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 no. Because he was worried that like, if uh, it was deemed funny, then like Dennis Miller would get the credit for like it being funny. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, But then he was like, nowadays it's sort of like, you know, I realize you actually need like the process of making films and stuff you know when you get older you start to realize oh actually you need like collaboration that's what makes things better like <laughs> but sure. i get it i get it i think in the 90s as well and especially the whole idea of what the film is about and like it feels like brandon fraser was even saying it's like yeah this feels like this was him like this mm. he, he is like you know Chad. Chad like Chad this mundo is kind of him uh, when the film debuted, it only made about $1.9 million in its opening weekend, and it would end up getting pulled out of theaters after just two weeks. Oh, come on. Only earning back $5 million of its $11 million budget. So less than half of what oh, it was made for. That
0: sucks, for. man. It's yeah. better than that.
1: And the critics shadowed the film, too. Uh, it filmed its way on a, like worst films of the year list. But. Uh, it was basically only Peter Travers of the Rolling Stone who uh, gave it a positive review, saying that Fraser and Bishimi are like dead pen delights, and Adam Sandler, opera man on SNL, is a red hot screen find. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. He didn't even know. Well, before we wrap up here, uh, let's call it a little snack TIME! There's something about that look you gave
2: to me. I know you can only mean one day. It's snack time In the morning It's snack time In the
0: evening It's snack time
2: I can't wait for
0: you It's snack time
2: To say those words to me It's snack time It's snack time It's snack time Snack time.
1: Ooh. I'm ready. You ready? Yeah. What do you got? I hope, I hope you got what I got.
0: Well, if I can take a guess, man. We're talking airheads. We could only be one thing.
1: Airheads. Airheads, <laughs> bro.
0: You got I couldn't ooh, find, what you got though. Uh,
1: Alright, well, I couldn't Extrem. find like a, a uh, proper airhead. Which mm-hmm. I've done before I did it in clueless, which was like I feel like a really good shout. So this is uh <laughs> Airheads extremes. Extremes, extreme. dude. Rainbow berry bites.
0: So extreme about it.
1: And it's almost it's almost sour, dude. Look. It's almost sour. Almost sour. <laughs> it's almost sour. Uh, and you've got airheads. What are, are these bites as well? What are those?
0: Yeah, airhead bites uh Okay. Fruits like a mix that's like raspberry, orange, cherry, watermelon, and white mystery. Ooh.
1: What the fuck that means? Well, they do that white mystery and it's like an apple flavor, I think.
0: Ah, <laughs> Spoiler! <it's not> God <laughs> oh, damn it, you ruined it for me.
1: Alright, well, we both have the same thing, sort of.
0: Yeah, let so. the same time. I don't think I've ever had it. Oh, this smells insane. Extreme.
1: Does it smell extreme? <laughs>
0: it smells, it doesn't
1: smell extreme, yeah. It smells like. Wow! What is that smell? Wow! Chemicals. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, it's that almost sour. It smells like something familiar, but I can't like think. I can't place it. What is that? It's sort of like um. You know like like back in the mid two thousands, like or early two thousands, like, you know, girls used to like wear a lot of those like uh they might still do. I don't know. I don't want to hang around like teenage girls anymore, but um <laughs> you know, those like No, you don't. <laughs> uh, you, you remember when the girls back in like the mid two thousands used to wear that like weird fucking spray shit that just smelled like fucking I don't know. I don't know where they got this shit from Claire's or something. I don't fucking know. But like it just smelled fucking horrible and every girl just caked themselves (laughs) in it. (laughs) And that's what it smelled like? It just smells like this weird fruity bullshit like I don't know To the max. Smells bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) To the max. I was trying to get one of each but I could only get fucking red and orange and one green. Woo! How'd it taste? Extreme?
1: It does taste extreme. Called it, bro. <laughs> Actually, at first, it tastes really good. And it's then? got that sort of sour kick, but the aftertaste almost tastes like, like cough medicine or something.
0: Whoa. Wow. God, these are fucking hard to chew. Are these expired? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, December 23. Are
0: Where these did American?
1: Did you get yours at a um, American Sweet Shop?
0: No, I got it at, um, there's a um there's just an off like a um, corner shop off tottenham Court Road um called the convenience store
1: oh yeah yeah and yeah. They,
0: they have like a wall of American snacks for some yeah. reason
1: some convenience it, stores will do it it's weird like off licenses occasionally will have these weird American stuff and you can get airheads but yeah it is it is American uh you could tell by the fact one's that it made has, in Mexico like, your calories and stuff on the back
0: My one is from Mexico Ooh, that orange one is good Ooh, These these are way too hard though Mm. They're not fun
1: How many uh, record contracts Are you turning down because they don't See to your artistic vision They don't (laughs) adhere To your artistic vision
0: And he wipes the ass with the record contract
1: (laughs) I love (laughs) this guy
0: (laughs) <laughs> um, these aren't my kind of thing. To be honest, I'm not big on sweets, as you know, mm. or fruit. <laughs> so, and they're they're sweet and they're tasty, but they're really hard to chew. Yeah, uh, I'll be nice. I'll say, yeah, uh, two and a half, two and a half, mm. right down the middle. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure.
1: That's not too bad. I'm not
0: big on them. Um, how many? You're the, you're the extreme. Are you at this hard to chew?
1: They are really are they hard not? to chew, yeah.
0: Okay. I'm just making sure I didn't get like an outdated pack. Um, I can feel it like all around my jaw.
1: Yeah, it's like a workout.
0: No, that kind of watermelon one is weird as well. Fucking hell.
1: You got a double chin. Like, you, you know, this is this is fat guy tips. You got a double chin going. <laughs> on. You can lose it by chewing some of these extreme airhead bites. How many um, Dope Patches are you giving it? <laughs> Uh, Three. One for each member of the Lone Rangers. <laughs> three <laughs> Dope Patches. Um, yeah, it's like, to be honest, dude, Airheads, like classic Airhead, it's usually like a strip. Mm-hmm and it's sort of like taffy-esque but it like melts in your mouth it is so good. That's a 5-star snack.
0: Really?
2: Mhm.
1: Very good. They're so good. They have like crazy flavors. Well these are like yeah. okay flavored wise but they're like yeah, really chewy and the aftertaste is weird. Or is Airhead yeah. like classic a classic Airhead dude. Woo, boy. Well, so this good. one on my pack it says
0: peanut free so that's good. <laughs> airheads is another good nostalgic fun trip to 90s comedy. comedies mm-hmm. highly recommended really fun um, shows even more what Brendan Fraser can do yep um, just you know in on to bigger and better things this boy and you can feel it this is a nice like you know what last one was like oh it's like a poly short vehicle and we you get to learn like what he was about this is a tread nice tread lightly like, Phil
1: don't you've already uh, you've already talked enough shit about Pauly Shore in this episode by saying that he shouldn't have been in this movie when he definitely should have would have made the film better so tread well, lightly Agreed, to agree, okay
0: <laughs> and I'm just saying this film it's yeah. just a good like you know seeing a bunch of young kids with up and coming actors I know Steve Buscemi's, like, not young at this point. He's, like, he's been acting (laughs) for, like, 10 years. Yeah. But, like, he's about to blow. But it's nice to see them in this sort of early thing. It's weird, though, because Airheads was an early one for me. I mean, I knew of Sandler and, I guess, Frazier, but, like, I guess Buscemi, this would be one of the first things I saw him in. So for a long time, he was, oh, the guy from Airheads.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't think anyone else would think like that.
1: I love that, like, I did that. How do you do, fellow kids? Like referencing that meme, but totally didn't think about how steep the shimmy.
2: Like yeah, I just like, like just... wasn't
1: even thinking about it. Yeah, Welcome chip. It's funny because that's like what he's doing in this film. Mm-hmm. He's totally doing it. Um, yeah, man, it's a fun one, dude. Like
0: it's a fun. Both, it both it was fun. like
1: it didn't do well at the box office but like i said you know it found its sort of like cult status because it was like on rotation on comedy central all the fucking time and it found its audience there and like you know it even would do better because like we were saying steve Buscemi would get more popular after you know pulp fiction blew up reservoir dogs like got more popular because of that um, people discovering early Tarantino, discovering Steve Buscemi's incredible role as Mr. Pink. And then, you know, films like Fargo would come out like a couple years later, which would catapult him even further. Uh, you know, and then he also became friends with Adam Sandler, who just like kept putting him in fucking movies. <laughs> and like, he would, uh, you know, immediately become a big box office draw after this. Cause like I said, 1995, he followed this film out with Billy Madison and, of course, our boy Brendan Fraser would continue building his resume. So, he had the likes of uh, a Mr. Baseball classic. <laughs> one scout. that, for whatever reason, Phil wouldn't let me talk about. Uh, Commandeer this kidding podcast me? again. I had
0: to give up Looney Tunes. So, you have to give <laughs> up The Scout.
1: <laughs> the Scout. Um, I love The Scout, dude. Really fucking good. Uh, fun fucking movie. Albert Brooks, psych. Like, one of the best like uh britain fairs plays one of the best like baseball player like in terms of like like how good he is at the game is steve nebraska Mm. like there's no other like the closest would be the natural like robert redford like in terms of Mm -hmm. like how good a baseball player is in a movie like steve nebraska is just like the best player that ever existed like he, there's a player now called Shohei, Uta- Shohei Otani, who's like a Japanese mm-hmm. baseball player who's come over from Japan over the last few years. And like he's a two way player where he hits and he pitches and he's good at both <sighs> and he's like really good. And it's like they compare him to Babe Ruth and stuff because Babe Ruth used to pitch, but he was also the greatest, one of the greatest hitters okay. ever. Uh, so yeah, Steve Nebraska was like that back in the nineties, ninety four, like this like obscene legend player. <laughs> <So> it's, like, <laughs> it's a great movie. It's really funny. It's a lot about I'll mental it, illness man. and stuff as well. It's really funny. I,
0: that yeah. sounds like right up my tree. I yeah. love. I don't like baseball, but I love baseball movies. Yeah,
1: they're all yeah, the they're best. always good. Uh, they're literally always good. <laughs> And then he would uh, move on. 1997, a film that we really toyed with uh, covering in this arc, but it was like peak Brendan Fraser hot, hot himboness. But uh, we had to, <laughs> we had to like, you know, we had to do what we had to do. But uh, 1997, George! George, George of the Jungle, George, <laughs> what is George the Jungle, George. Out for the tree, yeah.
2: All right.
0: <laughs> I, lo- I, d- I do love George's A Jungle, yeah. but I feel like it's just very similar territory to where we've just been. Yeah. Very cartoonish. It's very silly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Brendan Fraser like, topless and being, like, a weird um, animal man. Yeah. You know? Um, but it's fucking great. Watch it if you haven't, and it just... You thought that was peak, though.
1: Yeah, well... Before we get there peak peak there was one more little gem that I, I think we sort of talked about a little bit um that I think would be a bit remiss if we don't bring up Not, from the same year 1999 where we're about to get to uh blast from the past oh, very yes. fun because I, oh, I, I was love like that movie. I totally loved Alicia Silverstone back in the day uh, post clueless this was like another like one of those fun roles post like you know she hadn't completely i mean she was hanging on to a career that got ruined by uh being batgirl but anyway (laughs) blast from the past is we talked about that one yeah um but yeah blast from the past is really fun but yeah, yeah next week we're gonna be picking up here we go here we go the renaissance where we uh the film we opted to go with next that truly made brendan Fraser. A household Mega name, star. a big star, one of the biggest stars on the planet, with 1999's *The Mummy*. The Mummy. <laughs> yeah, we're Mummy. here. We're here. I bet people are gonna like scratch their head, like, "Oh, clearly they would have done Georgia the Jungle, then the Mummy, and that's how you cap off." We could have, we could have done that. Just wait nah, until you fam. see what's coming on. Yeah, the fourth we had week. to, we had, to uh, <laughs>
0: we had to, pull it out for our boy. Yeah, but yeah, it's a shame that so much. That was honestly, it's been such a hard, not you know, like, like every arc, I guess, but like this one in particular. You forget how many how much good shit like Brendan Fraser would then or at least nostalgic shit he would then for us because this yeah. was like perfect time for us like late 90s early 2000s yeah formative cues like he was just, just it man he was the greatest um, so there's a lot we could talk about Um it, yeah I guess it'd be weird it feels weird to skip over Georgia Jungle but I think the more yeah I think we're still hitting that sort of bigger peak just over there that he
1: gets to and yeah then, yeah yeah i'm like i'm excited to watch the mummy again and then the next one is sort of
0: what he would settle into for a few years yeah 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 and because and now you know he's doing big dramas. yeah doing you know even bigger and better things but
1: i think i think we got it i, I think, think it's it. a good it's a good compromise i'm like i'm excited for the rest of the season i think it's gonna be fun and we've got like a really silly year coming up or i'm mm-hmm. so excited like we were kind of talking about last week uh just living in this sort of like early 90s vibes which i can't wait five, to five. see like five. what else uh comes this year as we're gonna really be sticking around in that sort of uh you know <laughs> side and you know we got like i was joking around the Shamalomania mania stuff we've got something else coming that's gonna like cross over with the shamalomania mania at the exact same time that we're kind of starting I was sort of uh, teasing, you know, on the 2022 best of episode. So, yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff coming up this year. If you want to support us, go over to patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast. You know, just for as little as one pound a month, you can support us and you get all these bonus episodes we're putting out. And if you want to support us a little bit more, we're going to be starting to do some, uh, you know, some of those Cinecaster episodes are only for the uh, $5 and up backers or whatever it is th- th- for four pounds 450 whatever I don't fucking know <laughs> I'm not a fucking math man I'm not a bank calculator I'm not a bank I'm I don't know exchange bank. rates <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh god if I was I wouldn't be here as a felled musician doing a podcast
0: <laughs> <laughs> about where I talk about movie about failed
1: me this <laughs> this podcast is presented by the breadcrumbs collective home of the pod charles cinecast caged in Copa connections a drip town limery main franchised and many more to come our shows are all presented ad free and made possible by listeners like you please support our shows by subscribing leaving ratings and reviews and becoming patrons at patreon.com if you'd like to learn more about breadcrumbs head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. collective.com
2: Breadcrumbs, it's more than a podcast network, it's family.